baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Uh, I finally caved. It's been in here a week. The Halloween candy bowl. Oh, boy. That Vanita brought in. I did, but you know what I had in there, why I did it? Hmm. The most underrated candy bar, the Baby Ruth. Oh, I can't. You don't like Baby Ruth? Can't do the the Baby Ruth. Sorry. Oh. No, no. I never liked the chocolate on the Baby Ruth. I mean, the best best candy is peanut butter cup. No, yeah, the best God. candy is peanut butter cup. Of course, you'd say and that. you know that. I know. No, the, I don't. The know denial that. is insane. But but I do love a good Snickers. You know, I have to take a bunch of lactate and all that stuff <laughs> to actually eat one. But uh, the best candy bar is a good Snickers. I don't know. See, I think the Baby Ruth's a better version of the Snicker bar. Mm-hmm. No, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Just wrong. It's okay. Wow. Okay then. I'm butting in because you took my quick take. That was going to be one of my quick takes because oh, what no. you actually said when you took that out of the Vanita's jar of candy was yeah. that it's the most underrated I think, I think candy it is bar. Most underrated so that's candy my question bar. for you, Jordana. You said Snickers and Reese's are your favorite, but she can't be trusted. What's the oh, what's the most uh, yeah. underrated that no one else likes but is mm-hmm. actually good? Yeah, Halloween the most candy. underrated is the whatchamacallit. Oh, the whatchamacallit is a great, it, it's kind of like crispy, it's got like a little bit of caramel in From what I can remember, I haven't eaten one in a long time, being lactose intolerant, but, I, oh, and you know what else? Hold on, the whatchamacallit is great, but hold on, it might be a tie, because the score bar, the score with the toffee. I'm with you. Oh, the score The bar. score, it's, it's like, it's, the score is like the better version of the Heath bar. Oh. So good, yes. It's like the Scandinavian so version of the Heath bar. You've never heard of a score mm-hmm. bar, Dan? Dave? Dan. No, no boy. I don't really eat candy. He doesn't. No. But I'm telling you, the whatchamacallit or the score bar? Mm -hmm. I'm with you on the score. What about you? What about you? Uh, Well, it's just the baby Ruth. the baby Ruth. But what else? Yeah, you think it? Okay. Um, People like 100 grand is good, but a lot of people know that 100 grand is a good candy bar. Very Um, caramely. Love it. What are the ones? I love candy. What are the the candy bars Mm -hmm. that are like squares? They're the squares? They're like thick and the square? The Charleston Chew? No, 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 no. There's oh, like um, yeah, that's gross. Chunky is it? Oh, it might be. Yeah, chunky bar. I think you're right. That's not good. Doesn't that have like nougat? I don't like nougat. <laughs> what is nougat? <laughs> it's not a real. Well, not that any of them are. It's real just food, sugar. But like, no. It's just that's, sugar that's in a, not a different food. form. That's not a food. No. Ch- yeah, chunky. Okay. But chunkies have that's like not raisins good. in them, though, don't they? Fair. That's not yeah. good. No. Yeah. Raisins, not a snack food. No. Yeah. Chunky. Candy bar with milk chocolate, raisins, and roasted. No. I'm not thinking of no. the chunky then. No. Chunky. That's gross. That's, that is gross. No. no. Uh, yeah, nearly, 100 grand bar is good. Mm-hmm. Okay, nearly sorry. half of U.S. workers say they work 45 hours a week or more. However, in some places, there's a push for a shorter work week, and Spain is the last country to jump on board the party who's uh, in charge in Spain is pushing for a shorter work week of, and here's how they said it, they want to move to a 
and a half hour what? work week. How do you come up with 37 and a half? Spain. A- Adam, what do you think? Uh, should we? Well, first of all, Spain should be at the forefront. I mean, I love Spain. I've been there a couple times. You calling enough. them lazy? That's kind of their culture. <laughs> they do the siesta. It's their thing. Yes. The siesta, right? It's their thing. You can't, you know, the, yeah. the shops don't open till like two in the afternoon, and they right. they go out at like two in the morning. Uh, well, screw everyone else. They're napping. Right. I love. I it. I love it too. Right. Like Bravo mm-hmm. to Spain. Totally. Uh, muchas gracias. Um, <laughs> what? That was awful. That was terrible. <laughs> no, you stick th- to Italian. You do the lift when you th- <laughs> yeah, Spanish Barcelona. Barcelona. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So that, but yeah, it's weird. What's what's the question? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I forgot. Yeah, work less, Spain. Come on. I mean, no. Should we really do that? I mean, is it is it do good a for our, hour like? Of course, we want to work less, but is it actually good for our economy and good for our society if people mm-hmm. work less? I think there's a happy medium on cutting back the hours of like official quote unquote work. Yep. Balancing that with worker productivity and worker engagement. Okay, I think if you Work for a company that says, hey, man, you are free to mark down your own hours. You're to a certain standpoint. That worker will be motivated to do better work and be more productive. Not all lines of work are like that. No, I'm sorry. You know, you can't be like a radio job. I can't like, oh, you know what? I put in a good hour. I'm done for the rest of the show. (laughs) Uh, You can't do that. But But you can be more efficient in your prep time and do less prep. Uh, Prep? What's that? (laughs) Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. What about you, George? Yeah, I, I'm all for the 37. I'm all for the 30-hour work week. <clears throat> I think people, especially Americans, need to work less. They need to chill more. They need to enjoy their life more. I think we can be much more efficient and, and even more so in the future when we learn the tools of AI. Um, absolutely, we do not need to be working this much. I'm all for a four-day work week. Uh, yes, work less. And maybe live on less, but work less. That's got to stop at a point, though. I mean, the person who's going to go, you know, build houses or whatever, like those houses got to get built. And if you work 30 instead of 40, it's slower. And then that's maybe uh, where you work seasonally, you know, but you have three months off or, you you know, I think that just less work in general. I'm not saying you have to work. It depends on the job, but I think people need to work less. So my wife just texted me. She says they do a 37 and a half hour work week. 8 Thank to you, 4.30 Jen. with an hour lunch. Mm-hmm. Love it. Wow. You don't sure even know how productive. much your wife I mean, works is what I just learned. She's keeping Adam in the lifestyle to which he's become accustomed. <laughs> this is so true. Sure well, this is very, very true. Well. Yeah, very mm-hmm. well. Gold toilets, that I can tell you. <laughs> and crunchy <Go> bars, <laughs> chunky bars galore. <laughs> anybody, know who that? anybody know who that is? Uh, oh, yes. Yes, this is Blink-182. Bingo! Blink-182 has announced they'll be returning to the oh, Twin Cities next year. Oh, the Rock Band's oh, big reunion. upcoming One More Time Stadium Tour is scheduled to make us... <laughs> one more time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> one more sure. time. Like before share. their next one, which before is the next one, one last time. time. Yeah. Uh, one Target time. Center, August 6th. Tickets go on sale Friday. Now, were they part of the contingent of bands that played Target Field this past year? Those were a bunch of 90s bands. Uh, right? They were, but no, I believe oh. Blink-182 Blink is not one of those. Uh, uh, the Twin Cities Summerfest you're talking about, I do not think they were there. Uh, Jor, are you interested in going to see Blink-182 at the Target Center next summer? I mean, I like this song, but no. I mean, honestly, 
concerts haven't necessarily been a thing for me post-COVID, post-illness. So, um, and, and I wouldn't, like, if it was a Bruce show or something, different story. But uh, no, not for Blink-182. I will say this. I think the 90s rock like that, slightly underrated. I think that, I like, agree. Blink, I, I, you know, there were some good bands with some, you know, Fastball was a great group. You remember Fastball? They had a song called Fire Escape, which is a great song. Uh, I don't. Third Eye Blind. Google it. Mm-hmm. Third Eye Blind, great, great band. Matchbox 20, yeah, they had their moments. I like them. Yeah, but they're, you know, I think it's underappreciated, the rock from the 90s, 90s mm-hmm. rock. Fair enough. Ah, uh, there was a Vikings but game. He's, but he's not paying money to go see Blink-182. Me? Yeah, are you? Not on their own. I mean, if it was like a yeah, like right. a bunch right. of 90s bands, I might think about it. All right. I get it. Uh, Vikings stunned us all. They topped the 49ers yeah, yes. 22-17. Last night, they improved to 3-4. and four. They're on a two-game winning streak. They play the Packers next week as they try to get back to 500. Adam, uh, are you optimistic? Has your hope been renewed by a two-game Vikings winning streak? Uh, yes. Uh, that was a season-changing win last night. A very surprising win. A very efficient win. A very, uh, frankly, dominant win over what was clearly was, at least on paper, a superior opponent. Now, they did have a couple of key injuries. But, and the Kirk Cousins we saw last night, my friends, was a Kirk Cousins that I had not seen before. One who is under duress, yet poised under duress, efficient under duress. And if we can see more of that Kirk Cousins, uh, the sky's the limit. Now, they go to Green Bay next Sunday. They try to avoid the uh, the letdown in Green Bay. It's always tough to play at Lambeau, but this Packers team I don't think is very good, so they should keep it going. Wait. Um, is it time for my analysis of the game last night, or should I wait for that? Jordana Green breaks down the Vikings. <laughs> I hope the Vikings are- off to a fast start, scoring touchdowns on their first two possessions. Kirk Cousins threw a 10-yard touchdown pass to Adam Thielen on the Vikings' opening drive. Very Adam exciting. Thielen? And then Dalvin Cook. What? Wh- wait a minute. Wait a minute. Dalvin Cook. You're reading something from two years ago. Yes, I am. <laughs> I just Stu didn't know Voigt? if you were going to be impressed. Stu Voigt impressed with- touchdown last night? I didn't, I didn't know if you were going to be impressed with my delivery. <laughs> the delivery was good. The information, not so good. Let me the 49ers guess. responded with a field goal on their next drive, but the Vikings extended their lead 14-3 in the next possession thanks to a 48-yard field goal by Greg Joseph. Is, is any of that right? Uh, Greg, yeah, I think, yeah, they had a field okay, is goal. Is that right? Yeah. All right, check if, if, you, if there's a Brett Favre reference coming up, or uh, <laughs> let me guess, Kirk Cousins is ingrained to the Minnesota community, like a yeah, talk, radio talk Kirk- show host. Kirk Cousins manages the game well. Cousins had a solid game, completing 24 of the 32 passes for 235 yards and two touchdowns. He didn't turn the ball over, which was crucial in a close game. You want to hear more about Dalvin? Because I can make up stuff about that, too. Well, he did turn the ball over. And, yeah, no, Dalvin's long gone. He's he's gone. Yeah, Dalvin Cook gets involved in the passing game. Cook had a good game running the ball, rushing for 75 yards on 19 carries. He also caught four passes for 28 yards. What in the heck is going on here? Where did she get that? You can thank... Um, AI for this well, AI critical is analysis. failing horribly uh, based on that right there. 
You would honestly, if you wouldn't have done that, you would have had better. Having not watched the game, you would have had better analysis than ChatGPT. I think we solved the AI problem. Not ready for prime time. No, it is not. I see. I thought you would be nice and fooled by my. I should have kept the names out of it and just really been nebulous about it. All right, nice um, nice try. That's me breaking down the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, More after this. Ten twenty on News Talk eight three zero WCCO want to respond to a couple of your texts because you know we try to read them during the show and they make us think adam this one you responded directly to the listener they say blink 182 is not a rock band yes it I is thought that was an int- i thought that was an interesting analysis because okay um like not rock in the sense of like rock and roll like elvis presley or i think I, in I the same like, sense heart, like i would think like van halen is a rock band and aerosmith like those are rock bands but then if Blink-182 or some of those other bands from the 90s aren't considered rock, what are they? Yeah, what is are that? they alternative? Alternative rock? Like, I'm curious to know how they would be categorized. Even even the, the music of the early aughts, like when our kids were growing up, yeah. the Justin Bieber, the Katy Perry, like what is – is that considered rock or is it cons- – I don't know. Yeah, there's it- different kinds of rock, but – I blink when I too. That's yeah. That's a rock band. Yeah, it's it's not. But it was also not, like it has that very like alternative poppy. Sure, like sure. That's sound. there's the influence. But it's like you know you have different forms mm-hmm. of rock, which is like you know you yeah. got heavy metal. That's still rock and roll. It's heavy metal. Death death metal right, rock. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Soft rock. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what about Pearl Jam or Fish? I mean, is that rock? Yeah, technically, you know, Fish. I guess you'd classify that as psychedelic rock or and or prog oh. rock, prog rock, like prog. progressive. Oh, I never even heard of that. Progressive, you know, that's prog. like yes. Got it. And uh, okay. sticks, maybe prog rock. Oh. Or no, Talking okay. Heads. Um, like Rush. Yeah, yeah, definitely Rush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, sort of that yep. metallic tech- techno sound. Techno, yeah, right. Then you have like mm-hmm. you know you know I guess it was termed grunge rock, but you know yeah grunge grunge right. came out of like a rejection of uh, glam rock, you know the hair yes, bands like all the panty panty yes. rock we used to call it or yes. candy rock, you know the androgynous hair, with the androgynous yes. lead mm-hmm. singers, and mm-hmm. which is very interesting you bring that up because I remember why I'm such a uh, fan of Pearl Jam is because I remember exactly where I was when I heard. Pearl Jam Alive, that song Alive from their debut album 10. And I said, that doesn't sound like anything else I'm hearing nowadays. And I was in high school, but I was Where like, were you? I was in high school. Where were you? I was in my LTD, 1978 Ford LTD, um, which was my first car. Mm-hmm. And it was a, one of those old school push button, you know, preset radio stations, you know. Yeah, and I heard, I said, what is this? And it was Pearl Jam. And I hadn't heard of Pearl Jam before. I said, that's unlike anything I've heard of. And it was totally, they said, mm-hmm. this is, now this is back to more classic rock and roll sound as opposed to hair bands, which I'm not a huge hair band guy. A lot of friends of mine love it, but. I'm a hair band girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yacht rock. But there you go. Do, yacht do rock. We, well, this yacht rock person, all Michael McDonald, baby. Yeah. I get that. Yacht rock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but do we have to call it rock at the end? Like, can't we just say, like, okay, yacht or grunge <laughs> yacht or music. alt? Or Prague, you know, like, is it all considered rock or is it its own genre? That's where I get in the weeds. I'm getting in the weeds listening to some of that rock. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> no, it's rock. Adam was. Think, your, it's the general description what, of that sort of. Do, well, yeah, think about the uh, think about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, correct. which is, you know, the, it, oh. 
rock and roll is a larger canopy that obviously, if you look mm-hmm. at the people who are in the rock and roll hall of fame, there's lots of different subgenres underneath that. Well, mm-hmm. but, rock and roll hall of fame accepts like hip hop uh, artists and you know, well, right. Which, yes, and you could argue maybe that's too broad of too a definition. Broad, right. but, certainly, but certainly, Blink One Eighty Two is rock. It's rock just band. a different subcategory of right. rock than maybe whoever you grew up with. Um, and recently, even Dolly Parton said she shouldn't be inducted. Even, of course, she should, but shouldn't be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because it wasn't rock and roll. But uh, of course, she Doesn't should matter. be. She should be inducted into like the queendom of life because Every she is such an excellent person and human and all of that. Uh, somebody asking me, my LTD was a, a sedan. It was not a wagon. It was a sedan. And again, I'll tell the story. It was the the the, the LTD had was the former. Governor of Minnesota's car. Governor Harold Levander owned that 1978 before I did. And there were cigar burns in the upholstery because apparently the former governor, Levander, used to like to drive around with a cigar. And he'd he'd set his hand down and he'd burn the upholstery with the ash. Wait, how, I never heard this yes. story. How did you come to buy the former governor's car? Well, Governor Harold Levander, a shocking South St. Paul guy, uh, okay. and his wife, Iantha. They had a home up on uh, the hill in South St. Paul. It was a very lovely estate, which is now turned into condominiums. But my dad bought that LTD from the Lavanders for for us. So that is a good story. Yeah. Somebody just texted. I was love it from that. Was it from Bob Carter Ford? Not technically, but Bob Carter did buy it. That is a great story. Okay, enough with the Adam Carter stories because we are going to get more serious. Two hostages were released from the terror organization Hamas. Uh, they are back home in Israel and they are speaking to the media. They were, they said, one of the women said she was being held in the tunnels. And I feel like that needs an explainer. A lot of people don't understand what the tunnel network is under Hamas. So joining us in a few minutes is going to be the um, Yanam Kohen, the the Israeli general counsel, to explain these terror tunnels. Uh, So he is joining us in just a few moments. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. That is the voice of Yocheved Lifshitz. Yocheved is an 85-year-old grandmother who was taken hostage on October 7th by Hamas terrorists. She is describing the treatment that she received when she was a hostage. We know she was released yesterday, of course, and, and, and able to talk. Thank God. Thank God this woman, two hostages were released yesterday. Thank God this woman is able to talk, and she has been reunited with her family. But as you heard, she was describing the tunnels that the hostages were being kept in. And she said much more than that. And please, I would encourage everybody to go listen to her translation of how she was kept. But she also described that she was given medicine um, and care and food. I wanted folks to better understand, um, and nobody fully understands except Hamas, the tunnel network under Gaza, why it exists, and how these hostages were able to be kept safe when the people of Gaza are not able to be kept safe in these tunnels. 
So joining me now, as he did last week, is the general consul of Israel to the Midwest, Yanam Cohen. Yanam once again joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Yanam, thank you for the time today and, and trying to help us understand this tunnel network. Good morning. Yes. Um, just, just to give a broader context, you know, Hamas, the terrorist organization uh, group of Hamas, has been controlling uh, the Gaza Strip since 2007. During this time, uh, instead of investing time, money, efforts to uh, improve the well-being of Gazans, what they did is use large chunks of the international support and of the money in Gaza to, you know, to build and prepare a military infrastructure, a very massive one, that a major part of that includes also, um, you know, a whole system of tunnels that are underground. There is a parallel city, there is a Gaza city, and there is a parallel city that is underground where Hamas uh, operatives are hiding when some of their headquarters are, and as we just heard, also where they're keeping some of the Israeli hostages. My, my question, uh, you know, I'm Adam Carter here, is the intelligence that uh, Israel has about these tunnels. How extensive is that intelligence, and could it be used, you know, by the Israeli military to infiltrate these tunnels? I want to be very cautious here because, of course, I don't pretend to have all the military right. um, information that we have, but... Let me just say the following thing. Israel is, has been aware for many years now for the existence, for the efforts that Hamas has put in, in, you know, in preparing and building this very complicated system of tunnels. We have actually also been able to see some of them because at a certain point they also tried to build some tunnels that would serve to infiltrate Israeli territory. So we discovered some of them. We were able to block them, but we know that they put a lot of efforts. I know that our... You know, IDF, our defense forces, and our intelligence are focused on that. And I hope that we have enough information that would allow us to um, actively act against this system of tunnels that we have to say it is terror tunnels. These are tunnels that use the Hamas operatives for their terror terror, uh, purposes. So it is a very legitimate uh, military target, of course. Yanam, I know that the UN has uh, sent more than, has spent billions of dollars in aid to the Gaza Strip to provide relief for more than 2 million Palestinians. And that is going back, you know, to 2014. That is going back even before, you know, way before this current conflict. Um, 600 million in 2020 alone. Is that money actually going to the Gazans, or is it going to help build these terror tunnels? That's a huge question. You know, it's not only the United Nations, but also the European Union that has, you know, since 2007 that Hamas took control over Gaza, delivered billions and billions of of dollars and euros to the Gaza Strip. Let me tell you the following. We have enough indications that show that at least some of the money, some of the aid, got into the hands of Hamas for military purposes. Just from the past week, um, UNRWA, the United Nations agency that supports the Palestinians, wanted to ask to, you know, Israel and Egypt to enter um, oil um, fuel to, to the Gaza Strip. We know for sure because UNRWA published it, they tweeted about it, and then because of the fear of Hamas, they deleted it, but they said initially that Hamas 
stole some of the fuels that were, you know, destined to the Gazans, to the civilian population. Mm-hmm. Then out of fear mm-hmm. of Hamas, they deleted this tweet, but it was, it was out there, so we know that. We now have indications that Hamas, listen to that, this is crazy. Hamas and Islamic Jihad are now digging, you know, in the ground, taking out um, tubes um, that were supposed, that are part of the, you know, civil infrastructure for sewage, for water, and so on. They take it out. These are pipes that, that received from the European Union and the United Nations. They take them out. They cut off the, the sewage and the water system infrastructure in Gaza, and they convert them into homemade missiles to shoot, to continue to shoot uh, towards Israel. It is that crazy. So, you know, when we talk about humanitarian needs that are very important, we have to make sure that they reach the hands of the civils in Gaza and not the, and not the Hamas and Islamic Jihad. We are talking to Yanam Cohen, a Council General of Israel to the Midwest. Not that we would trust anything that Hamas tells us or any of their actions, but the fact that they have released now four hostages, what does that tell us, I guess, about the hopes for the remaining hostages? It tells us two things. The first thing, and I want to, I want to say it very loud and clear, it is Hamas, Hamas um, you know, we demand the release, the unconditional release of all the hostages. It is against the international humanitarian law to hold civils as hostages. So this is the first thing. And it should happen not tomorrow, but today. So when we talk about humanitarian needs in Gaza, this is, for me, the most pressing humanitarian issue. Secondly, it also says that, for me at least, it implies that Hamas is under a lot of pressure. They understand that the imminent uh, ground operation that might um, happen very soon by Israel might be might be very destructive for them so they try to linger and they, they try to postpone it as much as they can by creating uh, a, a pretentious uh, willingness to negotiate to release the hostages why are they releasing every you know every week they're releasing two hostages usually women because they understand that if they're not doing that israel would enter with full force so they try to create you know a long period of time for negotiation to and for, you know, the postponement of the Israeli operation. So it is clear that they're under a lot of pressure. We are, you know, of course, not negotiating with Hamas, but Qatar does so. Qatar has close relations both with Hamas and a good dialogue with the United States. We are with close, um, I would say, dialogue with the American administration about that issue and of course we take that into consideration on the operational plans for you know for the operation in Gaza. You know the reason I wanted to talk about the tunnels today is because I was thinking about this the the hostages at least this woman and her friend uh, were safe and they got one meal a day they got a mattress to sleep on according to her testimony and they got medicine and Early in the conflict, our own um, congressperson, Ilhan Omar, tweeted that, remember, the people of Gaza don't have bomb shelters. And I thought to myself, well, of course they don't have bomb shelters because all of whatever the supplies that were to be making bomb shelters and keeping the people of Gaza safe went to use the tunnels. And this is why I wanted you to come on, because it's, I'm so glad that the the Israelis, this Israeli woman was released and that she was safe. But if the if the government of Gaza, if Hamas really cared about its people, 
wouldn't it let them into the tunnels to be safe from this shelling? They would have let them into the tunnels to keep them safe from, you know, from the shelling. They would have let them go into the safe areas in the south of the Gaza Strip. There's a humanitarian area in, in the south of the Gaza Strip. Israel called repeatedly to the civil population to go down there. But Hamas, and we have countless evidence for that, Hamas is preventing its own people from going down south because they want to keep using them as human shields. We have countless proofs for that. And you know, of course, that not only that, but they're also hiding their headquarters, not only in tunnels, but also in, you know, in civil civil buildings, in residential buildings, in hospitals, in schools. So this is a this is a double war crime because not only Hamas is trying to intentionally kill Israeli civilians, but they're, lo- they're also using their own civilians as human shields. Mm-hmm. Uh, your reaction so far as to uh, uh, how, how America has handled this, you mentioned that you know the release of the hostages uh, f- facilitated by Qatar uh, with the help of, uh, of the American government. Just your reaction about the Biden administration and the U.S.'s response this far into this. You know, in general terms, I, I would like to say that we have seen, I mean, we have seen a very strong and decisive American president uh, that supports Israel, that supports the Israeli operation against Hamas, that is also sending very strong messages to Israeli, uh, you know, to some of our neighbors in the Middle East, not to jump in into the war. We're talking about Iran, Hezbollah, Syria, and so on. We have seen an American Congress that is very united. You did mention one congresswoman woman from Minnesota, mm-hmm. but I think that in general terms we see a very united bipartisan uh, support for, for yes. Israel in the American Congress, which is very important. And I, you know, and I think that it is very legitimate that the American administration also has concern about uh, the hostages because, you know, as you know, the, the, the majority of them are Israelis, but there's also a lot of Americans there. So it's a mutual interest. We stand together in that. And this is why it's important that we continue the dialogue between, you know, our administrations. Yunam Cohen, General Consul to Israel of the Midwest. Uh, we thank you so much for the time and we'll call on you again, sir. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. I just want everybody to hear that part of it, that if Hamas actually cared about the Palestinians, they would have, A, built bomb shelters long time ago. I'm talking 10, 20 years ago when you know Israel pulled out of Gaza in 2005. So they would have built infrastructure to keep the Palestinians safe if they really thought that Israel was constantly trying to kill Palestinians. But they didn't, or they don't care about Palestinians because they just built terror tunnels to go kill Israelis. They did not build the infrastructure to save their own people. And now, now, they're treating hostages better than they are their own people. I'm grateful because, again, the, the hostages didn't do anything wrong. They, they, of course, it's a horrible situation to be in. Thank God that at least they're safe while being kept in the terror tunnels. But if Hamas really wanted to protect those people, they would have done it or would do it now by allowing them access to those tunnels. We'll be right back. Linus Construction Time Check is at 10.54. Time to save 50% off installation labor on Minnesota Made Infinity from Marvin Windows. I was just thinking about uh, Lisa Clemens, our friend Lisa Clemens last mm-hmm. week who we had on. It was very good on a number of topics, but also her criticism, very pointed criticism about Mary Moriarty 
And that is uh, in the limelight today because we have a, a, a rare move of a Hennepin County judge rejecting a plea deal that was agreed to by both prosecutors and defense attorneys. And we just heard in the news, uh, Tom Hauser, who was in Vernita this morning, had Attorney General Keith Ellison on. And Keith Ellison uh, applauding the, de- the judge's move to reject that plea deal. Uh, from of Hussein Braveheart, who was part of this carjacking in 2019 that left a man dead. And I'm just wondering about the buyer's remorse, if there is any at all, on oh. the people who voted for Mary Moriarty. Mm-hmm. Because clearly, mm-hmm. and you can say what you want, and I, I, and I agree that, you know, simply saying, okay, if you, no matter how young you are, if you're a teenager, you do a crime, you're going to jail, and that's the way we do things. No, mm-hmm. I, I think there's absolute... A redemption available for anybody who commits a crime, even young people. But at a certain point, if the crime is serious enough, we can't just say, "Well, we've got to have alternatives here," because that you're not considering victims. And and you and I both believe in rehabilitation. Yeah, we both believe in second chances. We both believe in forgiveness. We do believe that eventually people can turn their lives around. We've seen we've seen the stories. Sure, absolutely. But when somebody not only commits an egregious crime, but has been tried to be rehabilitated, or they do such an egregious crime that you know they were thinking about it, like this was a carjacking, we're talking about a carjacking gone awry, and then one of the boys was shooting after the person had driven away. You know, this is a calculated, continued, multiple crime upon crime. The calculation of this is dangerous. Yeah. And also, Adam, some people cannot be rehabilitated. Correct. Some can and some cannot. And I am curious to know if there is buyer's yep. remorse. Let's let's continue that conversation sure. in the next hour, hopefully at about 1120. But we also want to know about your work personality. Does your personality change when you're being all professional? Let's have that conversation after the news on CCO. I'm the same (laughs) off and on the air. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.